like I'm destined. You ain't worth my attention. Put my life on the line. Cause it's worth the investment. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Northern Ruckus. It's episode four now. I'm here with your boy. Big Jimbo. And CJ. So let's get right into it. Jimmy, you see that uh I don't know if you saw it, but literally like two days ago or Friday, because this recording is on Sunday. On Friday, uh, Drake dropped the interview with Lil Yachty. I know there's some clips that went viral and shit. Do you see yeah, that shit? Yeah, I've been seeing like the viral clips. You know? Where he's like, uh, <laughs> if Aquaman just walked in on this beat right now. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, but I don't know if you saw the interview, but like the, it was funny because they were talking about things like uh, Lil Yachty asked Drake, like, at what point do you think you'll retire? Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like, I'll retire once I can afford a house out here in Turks and Caicos, which I was like, yo, you're Drake. I probably, he's probably just joking. No, nah, because like even after that, me and Terrence went and um, we we're looking online, bro. Their houses out there are like 40, 60 million dollars. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, obviously, crazy. you can get like I'm saying like the mega matches that he's, he's probably talking about. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. Bro, I was like out here. How is it like that expensive? And he was saying like that's what his goal is to retirement It's like to think about how successful people even have more goals that they need to achieve. And it's like, we're out here just trying to buy a house in Toronto. They're out here just, you know? The thing is, he makes so much money with the music. It's kind of hard to retire at a point like that, right? Where the money is just coming in so well, right? Yeah, but do you think there's ever a role of, like, legacy that he wants to maintain to stay in? Because it's like, you don't want to be that old guy dropping shit. For sure, for sure. But, like, if you look at, like, his last few projects, it just added to his legacy, right? So Mm -hmm. as long as you're in that area, because it's like, Let's say even if you drop a bad project and and people were like saying like oh like it's hurting your legacy it's like you still would have a chance at redemption you would still want to put out another project after that to see if you can get it back then maybe if you do two bad ones in a row you'd be like all right like maybe like you know I'm gonna mm-hmm. have room well you see him he's you know? fully switching up like genres and shit now like I'm not saying that in a negative way because like even that dance album was getting like uh like terrible reviews day one but then by the end of the week everybody loved it like you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it was like a kind of a switch up thing. So, uh, yeah, I think Drake will, like, he'll never be able to drop, like, what was called, like, considered a flop in numbers-wise, right? The one, he, exactly. His yeah. drops are always going to be anticipated, but then it comes down to if his fans like it. And it's like, are you making the music for your fans or are you making music for the public? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing that comes back to legacy, right? It's like, as long as your fans are happy, I'm pretty sure your legacy will be in uh, in good hands, right? When you're doing music, what were you, where did you ideally make more music for? Your fans or for people to like? Uh, actually, I made it more for myself. Uh, really? Yeah, for me, it was always just like uh, what I was into, what I liked. So I think that I, I would have been probably more successful if I would have tried to cater to what people like a little bit more. As I got older, I started to think about that more and being an entertainer in that aspect. When I was younger, I was more thinking about self-expression and stuff like that. So uh, he was also talking in the interview, like Yadi, or Yadi asked him if he had any regrets about music, and he was saying he regretted naming girls in his songs because like every name he said every name that he ever put in the song was an actual girl he was dealing with and he's like i don't know what kind of situation they were in when i'm talking about it so like if i'm saying like kiki do you love me it's like i don't know if kiki has a new boyfriend and how he's gonna feel about it type shit like did you ever have problems like that like obviously not with individually naming but like talking about your personal life shit no no and i think even like i don't know like you gotta remember like like i i, I don't know like it's whatever like I I can't speak on that. I've never had any issues like that. But you gotta remember when other people are going through things is, is their own. Yeah. So that's what he's pretty much thing, saying. Right? He's like, I don't know what they're going through in their life, but I'm out here bringing them into the public when they never asked to be in the public type shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never had I've never had that issue. Yeah. But it's like also with like I don't know with Drake is like he's so famous that no matter who he talks to will get recognition. So it's kind of like do you th- like the girls kind of sign up for that? No. Like in a sense. 
Yeah, in a certain sense. And then also, too, like, yeah, like like you're saying, proximity to someone being so famous. And two, is just like, yeah, like, he, he's so big. It's like, when he talks about things, like, like even if he, like, let's say if he talks about a restaurant, like, it's almost like he's going to ruin the restaurant for himself because now the restaurant's going to be too popular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So it's like. So low key places have to be low key for yeah, a reason. He has to be careful with the things he says for a lot of reasons, right? That that wouldn't cross the average person's mind, really. Yeah, because he was, he was even talking about that, too. He was saying how, like, uh, anim, anim, anonymity, like, to stay anonymous is the best way to stay famous nowadays because, like, people are making themselves too available and you lose, like, that rock star effect kind of thing, right? So, like, back in the day, if you see like uh, Led Zeppelin or like the Beatles and shit, like those people are someone you've never seen before other than on TV or at their concert. But then now you have Instagram where you can see these guys every day when they're posting stories. You have podcasts that these guys jump on every day. So he's saying like the reason why he doesn't do too much of that stuff is because his anonymity is what makes him, it keeps his fame, it keeps his relevance. And he's like, people are diluting it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, right? There's always different ways of going about it. I remember when the weekend first came out, he was so good at that. That's why I was huge yeah, nobody, yeah, even like, when um you couldn't see this guy. Even if even if you knew his friends and shit like that, it was like, no, nah, you're not seeing. Wasn't that Nav guy. like that too? Like his first like two years in the game until he dropped uh Beebs in the trap. Like what well, that was his face reveal, no? Oh, as far as like public image, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like nobody knew what he looked like until he dropped Beebs in the trap with Travis and then the music video or whatever popped off. Mm-hmm. All right. yeah, it's a good it's a good formula. The weekend definitely started that. Well, well not started like 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 uh Drake was saying, like that stuff started with like real rock stars back in the mm-hmm. day. It's just back in the day it was like the norm. It was like standard. Nowadays it's rare to see it, you know. So shout yeah. out to the guys who are able to do it. But that. it's also kind of like a give and take, right? So like you have guys that are trying to stay relevant. So when they do drop, they have fans, right? Because I feel like a lot like, especially nowadays in like the rap scene, there's not a lot of artists. Like, the new up-and-coming artists. Like, obviously, there's an established set, like Drake, like Kanye, stuff like that. But, like, the new guys coming up, like Polo G, like uh, like Lil Uzi and stuff, they don't really have the fan base to sell their own shows. They kind of only do festivals. Yeah. And you think, like, it, that's a part to do with it, or? A part to do with what? Like, the, the fact that they're so publicly out here, like... I just think, like, different strokes for different folks. Like, some people want to be, like, candid and want to put themselves out there. Some people don't want to do it. And then there's people who who are just going to do what's going to make them popular. And some people who think that one thing's going to make them popular or the other thing's going to make them popular, right? It's all different spectrums mm-hmm. of it, right? I don't think, like, some of like, like, like you said, with, with these artists like Polo G and, some, like, and stuff like that, like, some of the stuff they're going to do is intentional. Some of it's not. Like, what they're doing is working for them, so they're just going to keep doing it, right? If it's staying anonymous, if it's putting themselves out there, if it's listening to their marketing team, whatever it may be, right? Everyone's just going to do their own thing as 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 far as how far they want to take it and what approach they want to take, right? Yeah. So like I I, fu- I fully agree with that, and it's like the marketing team's kind of like directs them because like even when it comes to like all the streaming shit now, where you have Kai and Aiden who will bring on all these rappers, and it's like you're exposing them to 150, 200 thousand people that are, might not have heard your shit, right? Yeah. Maybe like at least fifty thousand of that fan group didn't listen to their music before and they're like, okay, well these guys have great relationships with him. I really like Kai. I really like Aiden. Let me go listen to. Like say yeah, whoever, I think right? Yeah, like music these days is not even so much of like if you if you've listened to that person, it's like how much are you gonna listen to them? Is it gonna become like one of your favorite new up and coming artists? Are you gonna buy their merchandise? Are you gonna go to their show? Like we said, are you gonna pop out at the festival because of that artist? Like mm-hmm. it all kind of goes hand in hand, right? And that's why, like you said, with that anon- uh, anonymity, anonymity, right? That's a hard that's a word weird word, bro. It's but, an easy uh, word to read, not an easy word to say. Yeah, yeah. But for guys like for the top level guys, it makes sense. And then like you said, there's gonna be other guys and. 
they all do the festivals together and stuff like that. It all comes together, right? It all makes sense. No, I feel that. What do you like? Have you been following that kind of shit that he's been doing this month for Black History Month? I've been seeing clips of it the same way, like online. That's the thing. These days, a lot of stuff I see, I see a little clip of it here and there, and that's good enough for me, right? So he's doing this thing called a subathon. So on Twitch, you like people do like usually they're like forty-eight hours, seventy-two hours, like at the top I end, like his a was week like long. Seventy-two hours. No, man. his is a month long. Oh, so shit. since the February first, all the way to February twenty-eighth or twenty-nine, is it a leap year? I don't know. But to the end of the month, it, yeah. So oh, so he started starting on the February second, right? yeah. No, he's yeah. starting. Oh, he's ending on March 2nd, yeah. So he's literally streamed every single day, and he, like, keeps his camera on while he's sleeping and shit. People are just pulling up to the house. He's going, like, taking his VR cameras and going outside, going to, like, Disney World and shit, having rappers come over and bitches come over and shit. And he's literally just putting on a, a one-month-long show. Yeah. And now, like, he, while he's doing that, he's getting his sub count up, and it's at, like, 150,000 people that are subs to him. Yeah, to me, that's genius. That's the type of stuff that they'll be studying in university, not even, like, way down the line in like a year or two because like that's genius marketing like you know? yeah and like to me that like it's a weird it's a cool question of like do people really understand like when everybody says attention spans have been short and that's why we have to do all this tiktoks all these like instagram shorts and stuff and then you have guys like this who are literally doing month-long content that if at any given time you can turn it on and there's ninety thousand plus people in there watching him unless he's sleeping even, even when he's sleeping there's like forty thousand people yeah and it's like is that a matter of attention span or is that like a matter of just content has been diluted so much that when you do get good content, people are willing to sit down and watch it? I think it's like a mixture. Like, like sometimes things get taken out of context. Like we will say like, like uh, content is everything and, and attention spans are short. <clears throat> a big thing is like drawing people in mm -hmm. is you got to be quick with that a little, like you want to get people like in the first five seconds, like, we all scroll through Instagram. If something doesn't really catch your eye in the first five seconds, like if you're on reels and shit like that, you just scroll through it and you'll never look into it. But if it does catch your attention, that first five seconds, you might be lured in and then you go to the person's main page and you might go to their YouTube page or whatever. And, you, and then you start actually buying into their content. And that's, you know, that's why it's like, yeah, like the face value of it is that, um, what's like that, that people, uh, people that just, uh, you know, Sorry, what was the original question? No, I was saying like that is short term. Oh, short. Yeah, the short term memory. Short term yeah. memory so content that so. people just have like a short attention span, right? Yeah. But as as soon as you get them into your thing, like, and you actually get them in, like, they they'll, they'll like you said, they'll watch for hours. You just have to have the content ready, right? Yeah, but those that's pretty much the concept of a commercial, right? So commercials are always supposed to just be like advertisement for the product, and the product in this case would be the Twitch stream or the movie or the whatever. But I'm saying like good content, people, no matter how long it is, like. You, Biggest podcaster in the world, Joe Rogan. He is his average podcast is three hours. Really? Yeah. Like he does some with if with his friends, he'll do like four and a half, five hours. Wow. With like smart people, he'll do like two hours. And then with like the anyone in between, he's doing like three hour long podcasts. So and he's pretty much like it's like an IQ scale for how no, like no, how no. it's like is. so if he wants to just bullshit get drunk with his friends, he'll literally do that for like he has these things called uh fat fight companions where every time he's not broadcasting the UFC. He brings in like three of his friends and like they all watch the UFC, but they, you can't see it. They'll sync the time and be like, oh, it's round one with five, four, three, two, one left. So you have the same time and you watch it live with him and his friends and they're just bullshitting the whole time, just getting drunk. And it's like they'll still pull in millions of views. So it's like I'm trying to like I'm trying to understand. Like, I don't know the answer. I, I'm not here to tell anybody what the answer is, but I'm trying to understand. Is the a short term con like is short term content actually for attention span based or is that just 
an advertisement for a real product, right? Yeah, I think it's the second one you said. It's an advertisement for a real product, and like like you said with the di- like things being diluted, there is so much stuff out there. So much. Yeah, you want to catch people's attention fast, right? But like you said, when you get into someone and they're doing four hour long content, month long content, week long content, you know, it's like. Yeah, that definitely doesn't point to people having short attention spans, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just there's so much to compete with, right? I feel like sometimes people just don't want to face the reality of things, where it's just like, man, there's so much people out there doing stuff. It's like it's hard to get people's attention. But then you, there's the other hand where there's so much people out there doing stuff, and there's so many lanes that you you wouldn't even have heard of, but that person can have 10 million followers type shit. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like there's lanes that you can't, even, you've never even heard of or tapped into. But the people's like fame levels like astronomical, like yeah, and yeah. it's like you you can never comprehend like how does everybody know this person when I haven't even heard their name before type shit. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that Kai shit's cool. Like he's going for a full month long just streaming, doing a ra- bunch of random shit. But then also um this like tonight actually like once we're done this podcast we're gonna be able to go home and watch it. But Jake Paul's fighting Tommy Fury. I want to hear what you think about that as a boxer. I don't know, man. I think I, honestly, I think like I think other than his first fight against Nate Robinson, who he's way bigger than, I think they're all rigged. I think like you that, think they're that, rigged. I think that sick knockout led him to do something where like how much money has he made so far altogether with all this stupid like forty million? Yeah, like crazy that's it? number. No, like, like yeah, I think I thought it would have been more in twenty twenty one. He made forty million. He had like three fights. I'm pretty sure he, or something like that along okay. the lines. And then a, the the year before that, he was making a lot of money off it too. Well, no, because his brothers making money off the it. Like, the Nate Robinson fight was on the undercard of um. Tyson versus not yeah, Roy, uh, Roy Jones, Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like it wasn't even like he keeps saying it's my card, my card, but it was never his card. He was just an un, like he was just fighting on that. Get, got the platform. That's what I'm saying, bro. It wasn't really supposed to be like this. The way yeah. it all happened was kind of like it all came together because he got that sick knockout, and he just he he knew how to capitalize on the moment. It's like I think all these all the UFC guys, I think he rigged it. But how can you like as a like a boxer yourself, a fan of the sport? How can you say bro, that like that shit's rigged? Like, I don't want to ruin my future payday chances. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone offered me, if I if if I'm making like a million, even if I'm making a million a year, that's pretty good money, right? Yeah. And then someone comes in that year and is like, "You want to make ten million this year? You're gonna but throw. You have to lose the fight. But then, okay, yeah, so let me tempting. ask you this: It's tempting. You don't think that like he can like he's young, right? He's like 24, 25. Well, when he started, at least he was like 22. So it's like, you don't think he he has the the means to hire the best coaches and just dedicate himself to become do, a, like a I serious do, fighter. This is the thing that that people who look at the situation think is that like they think that he's not really training that hard, and that even when he is like in boxing, right, you have to spar people who are better than you to get good. He's just such a pampered millionaire that's like I don't think he's gonna spar a lot of guys that are better than him and stuff. He's paying guys to make him look good, like you know. Well, why you? Why would you pay somebody to look you make you look good in a in a sparring match where there's no cameras and shit? Like because everywhere he goes, there's cameras. That he that's his life. Is that everything he does is on camera? So you think like the the people that come in for the sparring matches are are just worse than him, or or they're throwing too? I like, think he's paying them to come in and spar with him, and 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 in that, it's just, he's just saying like, yeah, like come in and like we're paying you to not make him look bad, like you know, like. So you like that's so so weird that you would think that like you think that all his fights are fake, but it's like he's been doing his thing. It's not like he's fighting great I don't think people. He's a terrible fighter, bro. I just think that like Anderson, a guy like Anderson Silva, like as much as he's just a UFC guy, like he's been striking for a long time, been fighting for a long time. Jake Paul has like six fights. I don't think he would have knocked him out like that. And if you look at the footage, it just doesn't really look convincing. It looks like. It kind of looks like a dive. And the uh, same thing that everyone man. was saying. With well, he never got too. knocked out. He got back up. But like, yeah, no, like, yeah. I've heard that take, like, that concept of like his fights being rigged. I'm just like, that's just 
I don't know. I feel like that's just disrespectful to sports in general. Like everyone says, like the NFL well, script shit. NFL like, scripts. But it's like that's just saying. like that's what I'm saying. I will say it as a joke, but I don't it's, actually mean I, it as a joke too. Yeah, but like okay, let's say for NFL scripts even right. Like how many guys do you think they'd have to have in on it for it to work? Well, like, ideally, you like at the base level, you can do only refs, and you can only turn refs. Out, yeah, only, only you can refs. turn the outcome of games. You can do only refs. You can do like only refs and quarterbacks. No, only but, refs, quarterbacks, and star players. Like, like think know. about like uh, like when you when I say only refs, I mean like every single play. I was an offensive lineman myself, so every single play on the offensive line there is a holding. Yeah, there's so if you call, want yeah, to, you can always call something. That's what I realized too. In the trenches, there's always something. Always, always. So it's like if a ref wants, like if a ref really wants, like they even did that in basketball when the guy was talking about Allen Iverson. The refs were saying like there's they were something to call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were like, uh, we just we didn't like Iverson. He did some shit to another ref, so all the refs banded together and said. Fuck you for the next few games. And that's what I'm saying. Like, lately, it just makes me wonder, like, when you, like, because I've seen with boxing, like, I see how it is at the amateurs, and, like, it's very, very competitive. And it's, like, when you go to pros, it's almost, like, it becomes more of a business than competition. Like, and it's not to knock pro boxers and all that, but even this Jake Paul shit is ridiculing what pro boxers do because they train so, so hard, bro, and they're at such a top, top level. That's what I'm saying, where it's just, like, when I see this shit, I'm, like, uh, bro, these guys have... Like, some of these guys have trained their whole life. Like, Anderson Silva's been fighting for 20-something years. You're bringing up how Jake Paul might have trained hard these last three years. Like, you know, let's be real. Like, you know? I get, I, I get that, but I just disagree. I feel like anyone that puts, like, the mount Because he doesn't have to have a job, right? So he's not like he's out here working a 9-to-5 and then going to boxing after. Like, he's taking boxing serious. It's his whole life right now. And it's like... I think if you dedicate two, three years at anything like that, you would be able to compete. I think that, like, if I dropped everything today and said I'm going to become a power lifter, I'll be able to compete in three years. I think that. That's something like, okay, powerlifting is it's not a complicated sport. It's very much based off of strength. You're a big man. Let's say right now, do you think that someone like, let's say your brother Tristan, yeah. you, know, you know his heights and everything, right? So he has an NBA body. Do you think he could pick up a basketball right now, train for three years like Bo Cruz, and go to the NBA? No, pro- mom. I think it would be close. I, I think yeah, saying. he would like, get good. He, he would get good. He was but trying he, for would, a thing for G League. Nice he almost Devin, made it to the G League. Would he be as nice as Devin Booker? Would no, 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 no. Put Devin Booker but in front of him. But Jake Paul's not fighting Devin Booker's. No, I get that. So it's but like he's fighting guys who wore Devin Booker ten years ago. Yeah. Do I think Ter- like Tristan could beat like the guys that Jordan was playing against? Yeah. Michael Jordan, yeah, that's a long okay, time. Okay, yeah, that's kind of cash. So I'm like, saying. He's not that old, Anderson Silva, to be getting beat up like that by a guy who's been fighting for a couple years. I get the argument, but it's like, I think that, like, my brother, for example, he did start training for, like, six months. It wasn't even a full year. Yeah. And he, like, tried out for the Toronto 905 and made it to the final cut. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. I, do I think if he took that's three why I brought years? That's that was realistic. Yeah, like, if, I, if he took three years, got, like, an NBA trainer to do his everything, his meals, his his uh workouts, his basketball shots, like do everything with him for like five hours a day type shit. Yeah, I think he can make the NBA. Oh, make the NBA, yes. But I'm but saying, you're saying be the be the best. Yeah, you have to remember this is a one on one sport, right? Yeah. So being in the NBA and like being able to stand in front of Devin Booker is two different things. And that's what I'm saying. It's just like, bro, it's, I, like yeah, I do think that that's why he's able to do it because he has the skills to look like he's in the ring fighting with these guys. He looks like a boxer, of course. I'm not. I don't think he's a bum. He's not a soup yeah. can or nothing like that. No, like he's 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 definitely training like like you're saying he's training hard and all that the money is the incentive is there for him to do that i just think that it's impossible to get to a certain level 
I, I get that, but he, I'm saying like Jake Paul's not fighting Canelo Alvarez. He's fighting. Yeah, that's a fact too. He's fighting yeah, Ben yeah. Askren, like a wrestler. Like you know what I mean? Like he's fighting. It was more than Anderson Silva thing that really had me wondering. But, but Anderson like, Silva was with... a close fight all the way to the end. It wasn't like he was dominating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's see what this. Uh, Tommy Fury is supposed to be a good boxer, like, and uh, his brother's heavyweight champion of the world. Well, he, Tommy he Fury's tra- only he has eight really and good training. Yeah, his his record's not too crazy. Yeah, it's so eight we'll and over see. six and all. I think this is this is a this would be the biggest test, and I don't see. Tommy Fury having any reason to take the money, like I was saying. Legacy, as far as his family legacy, is kind of important right now to them. Mm-hmm. I don't see why he'd be taking a dive against Jake Paul. No, I, I like me too. I understand that. Like especially when um, I don't know. I, I think this is all for media, but it might be true how they signed that contract that winner takes all, or whatever. I saw that, and I'm thinking the same I think thing. That's, I'm like, I'm that's, like, is that real? I'm there's like, no way. I'm like, who would do that? Because like, bro, like, if there's money on the table. I'm like, okay, like at least I know, like even if I lose, I'm still getting my money. And then someone says, oh, winner takes all. It's just like, I would say, yeah, for the cameras, but no fucking yeah. way. Bro. I feel like I'm legally like, it wouldn't be allowed. Like, that you know too, what I mean? Yeah, like, for prize fighting, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's like, like you're out here getting your ass beat for $0. Yeah, it's like, of course, it's like an 80 20 or a 70 30 split. Of course, the winner's going to get more. But walking away with nothing? Yeah, they can't waste all so that I think time that, on I think that shit. But that shit the craziest one is uh, when fucking Tyson Fury went up and was like, Whoever loses this fight just has to quit. He's saying that about his brother. Like, if my brother loses, he just has to stop boxing. That's all it is. Jake Paul loses, he has to stop boxing. But yeah, no, I think it's gonna be a sick fight. I, I'm I like curious that of it that he's commenting on it. That helps them a lot. And that's oh, hundred percent. Really oh, but another thing you were saying, how like uh, Jake Paul's fighting bums. Did you know that uh, Tommy Fury fought a guy whose record was like eight and 111? But this is the thing with boxing. Bro, how do you lose 111 this is, this times? Is, this is, He's a he's a journeyman. So journeyman. So like, see when people ask me if I want to go pro, right? A lot of times people ask me that because of my platform and I'm popular and shit like that, right? But let's just say I was just a regular guy off the street and I'm 30 years old and I start boxing, right? Yeah. And I'm tough as nails because most people who go into a boxing gym are tough, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a really tough guy, but he doesn't know how to box. He could go and do his 20 amateur fights, whatever, go pro, and he could go just be a fucking journeyman, like where. Young kids who think they're good, they have a record of like six and oh, seven and oh, are gonna be put up against him, and that's gonna be his whole career. That's gonna be he's gonna be fighting guys like that, young guys like 21, 22, 23 year old guys who are going pro, who are getting on a little hot streak. They'll put him in there with a guy who's tough as nails, a journeyman who knows how to box. Where see those eight wins he has, those are yeah. the guys who weren't cut out to be what they thought they were. Yeah, <clears throat> the all the other guys were they were the real deal, they were real boxers and stuff. The journeymen kind of come in and they're like the gatekeepers. They're the and ones they, and they who, help guys stack up their records. Well, yeah, they do that. So like, if you, you can get that twenty and zero fight and be like, okay, now let me get a real fight. Exactly. This is gonna be my payday fight. Yeah, two guys. And, and look at me, I'm undefeated. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stat padding. That's what I'm saying. When when it comes to professional boxing, it's much more of a business than it is just competition. Now guys are going into it and they're like, okay. Where is my position in this? Like, what is do you have? You have journeymen, contenders, you, contenders, champions. you know, up and comers. You have champions, like you know, world class guys, yeah. prize fighters. You know, like so. No, it's I get that. Place, you know, right, so it's gonna be interesting. Who do you have for the fight? Give me your predictions because it's gonna happen later tonight. You guys aren't gonna see this till like Tuesday. I don't. Well, this is the thing. I don't. Jimmy's no Shadamus on the shit. I think it's gonna be Tommy Fury, but of course, it's, it sounds so unbelievable because it's just like, why would Jake Paul ever set himself up to lose? Yeah, all the bit like it's a lot like Mayweather. It's like all the the business and all the money is like he should win to keep this money going, and that's why I think they're rigged. Kind of, I just don't see, I don't see how he could beat Tommy Fury with the type of training and experience he has, and the type of fights that he has, the type of fighters he's fought 
are a lot tougher than the types of fighters that Jake Paul has fought. Like Jake Paul hasn't really fought boxers. It's actually his first real boxer he's fighting. I I get that argument, but I think that's kind of misingenuous because it's like I think this is potentially one of the biggest paydays Jake Paul can get, like Tyson Fury, because he's not going to fight Canelo Alvarez. He's not going to fight any top five boxers of his weight class-ish area. No, I think McGregor is probably the top. But McGregor's not going to fight him. So it's like what I'm saying. McGregor could fight him. But I'm saying for boxers especially. So if we're talking about boxers, Tommy Fury, just the name alone, is one of the biggest people he can get to fight him. And it's like win or loss, he's still going to be able to fight KSI after this. Like, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, if he yeah, loses yeah. to Tommy Fury, they're still going to set up the fight with KSI. That's going to do stupid hey, numbers. You know what? And it's like, he has nothing to, like, I. everyone's saying, like, whoever loses has to be done. It's like, I don't think Jake Paul's done if he loses. Yeah, you're right. And even if, if he loses, and now I'm, I wouldn't say the other fights were rigged. I would say, oh, okay. He was actually <laughs> kicking those guys' asses. It would actually be good for his legacy if he lost. Nah, I don't. I, I wouldn't so. say that. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I, I honestly think it's all fake. Even if he beats Tommy Fury, I'm going to even double down on it. I'm going to think it's definitely. All right, so you think Tommy Fury's going to win tonight. So yeah. knockout if, decision, if what real, do you think? If it's a real fight, no. I think Tommy Fury will just outbox him. Oh, so decision then. Yeah, yeah. Just outbox the shit out of him. Have him bloody and everything. Where it's just like, he's not going to leave it up. He's it's not gonna it's not gonna be hard to tell who the better boxer is. Nah, okay. So Jimmy says uh Tommy Fury, I think Jake Paul. So we'll see what happens. By the time this comes out, you guys are all gonna know. This guy's stupid. <laughs> all right, yo, but did you see what uh Deion Sanders was saying this week? I did. Bro, that shit is hilarious. <laughs> and the fact that everybody's running with it is the funniest thing. I feel ever. like is he joking or is he dead serious? I feel like there's there's a there's an element of comedy hey, to pause. it. Jane, what are you doing? Hello? We're good? You're still recording? Okay, we'll just edit that out. So, yeah, I don't know if, like, um, if you heard what happened, but Deion Sanders essentially was like, I want my quarterbacks to come from a two-parent household. I want my my running backs or my receivers and offensive linemen to also come from two parent households. But my defensive ends have to come from a struggling single mother because that's going to give them the dog inside of them. Yeah. I don't know. I saw that and I was like, there must be like a, there must be like an element of like comedy to this where it's just like, you know, like that's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's hilarious. So funny. Like there's no way he's being a hundred percent genuine. That's like, that's like that might be the parameters of what he's looking for, but if he sees a guy and he's like, I know this is the guy, he's not gonna be like, oh, you, you don't you don't have both your parents? No, you can't be my quarterback. Like, Bro, the funniest thing to me is like you have guys like um not Skip Bayless, but Shannon Sharp being like, he's just saying what everybody else want, doesn't want to say. He wants a white quarterback. He wants white offensive linemen, and he wants big, strong black at the ends. I'm like, bro, where did that race come from? Because it's like you see the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes, two two parent household, best quarterback in the NFL. Like, yeah, you have yeah. Jalen Hurts, like, two-parent household. I feel like sometimes people hold Shannon Sharp to this, like... No, no, of course. Like, I expect him to be, like, this yeah. moral compass. Like, bro, like, he's a football player. He's going to say dumb shit sometimes. <laughs> he's going to talk out of both sides of his he's mouth. He's also doing, like, I comedy think he, shit. I think he has, like, yeah, he's funny, and he has a great heart. Like, I rock with him no matter what. But, um, yeah, like, like I feel like a part of what he's saying is true for sure. And I see why he's saying it. But, like, yeah, like, if, if there's a guy who you see where, like, he has, the like, the intangibles I want... You're not going to care about what's behind it. He's just saying, like, ideally, that's, like, what we're looking for. Well, he breaks it down further. Like, obviously, that's just a clip that people are, are taking and running with it. But he says, like, I need discipline for my offense in the sense that, like, my quarterback has to be able to, like, 
understand this is what I want from you. I want you in the room at like six in the morning to come work on this, this, this. Yeah. But DNs, you don't have to. You just have to be an athlete. You need to be hungry. You need to be all want... the defense in general. Yeah, yeah. there's like... a certain level of professionalism that comes with being a quarterback. Like I even I played high school football. You play football yep. too. And I just remember like even our quarterback, like it was this white guy, Jeremy. Shout out to Jeremy Embraska. I just remember he had a certain level of professionalism to him where I was like, Yeah, that's the guy I want leading our team. Oh, 100 percent It's not like, it's know? not even just that. It's like a quarterback and like as it a res- had nothing to do with him being white. No, no, it's just literally just a dedication, dedication to, to the yeah, sport. Because yeah. like quarterback has to understand what every single person from the offensive line to the running back to the receivers are doing on that play. If you're a receiver and you know X, if someone puts you in that Y, you're asking every play, what am I doing? What am I doing? Because you don't understand. Yeah. You just know your one job and you're gonna do your one Some job. Some receivers. Well. There's there's guys yeah, who obviously. know everything, right? There's people yeah. that are striving like, but like. But the quarterback needs to know. The, exactly. So the yeah. receivers should know. The quarterbacks have to know. Yeah. Offensive linemen, I don't know any routes. I, you, really? can, you can tell me a play, I would not know what the but receivers see, are doing. See, that guy like Jason play. Kelsey, I feel like he knows. The no, he doesn't. Play. I guarantee you, if they, if they call a play call in the huddle, Jason Kelsey, he listens to the protection call because it goes protection and then route, route running. So it goes like you go like 51. Like dragon under or something like that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what a dragon under. Is. I feel like, you know like I mean? maybe not him or like Jeff Saturday. Some of these guys know. Like some of these guys are like maybe so if they've been in like they know everything. Because just just the center I'm talking about. The center mm-hmm. is very much in tune with the quarterback. No, but the center is only supposed to understand the protection. Watching, I know yeah. he, he is the, the well, captain well, of the protection. Yeah, so that's saying. what I'm saying. But guys, like, some guys just have big brains, bro. And it's nothing for them to analyze everything. Oh that's yeah, going no, on, for right? sure. But then it's like on the defensive side, you have a DN and hey, your well, job is to talk on that. Like I'm a smart guy, and when I play defense, I was playing middle linebacker because just because I was. I I was actually very undersized, but I just knew the defense so well yeah. that I was able to keep track of everything that everyone was supposed to be. But doing, it's like right? even as a middle linebacker, you don't you you do understand what everybody's doing because you have to understand gap control from the line and like protections from the DBs. But it's like mm-hmm. you're not really controlling them, like you're not anticipating their every move. Like quarterbacks have to anticipate every move from oh, everybody, yeah, yeah. right? So how many steps each person yeah, exactly. On each row. So yeah, it's yeah. like it like those are two of the most important positions, obviously, and that's why they get the recognition they do. But yeah. then when you have like Dion saying, like I want my DNs for, to be from a struggling single parent, it's like he just wants a dog. He wants like an athlete. Yeah. That's like He's just going to pin his ears back and go for the quarterback. It's go, funny, bro, because it's like sometimes that bread. Like, like this is the type of shit where it's just like, bro, let people say what the fuck they want to say. It's funny. Because it's like, bro, if, if we're going to go make, make Madden right now, right? And and we could um make all the team, right? And we could choose their background stories. We would give them fucking background stories and shit. It's <laughs> uh, very similar to what he's saying. Like, yeah. we make the fucking quarterback a wholesome guy from a wholesome family. And we make the, the, the DBs, like, the most ghetto niggas from, like, the projects and shit. Like, <laughs> well, DBs are funny, the biggest like, shit talkers. You know? So, like, that's why they... Bro, like, taking there's not a single white DB in... Or that, cornerback that, in that That needs to start getting addressed. That's Same way that we hilarious. were addressing black quarterbacks. Because now black quarterbacks have taken over. Yeah. It's over now, right? But now let's talk about where the white DBs at. Well, like now that's what I was saying too. <laughs> at the, least Spanish DBs, at least. Like, like there's none, only black. Only, but it's only like black I, I was saying this to you in the group chat earlier this week. It's like the DNs are getting taken over by the white people. Like, <laughs> you say no, but it's like, bro, like the, TJ like, Watt is like the best DN in the NFL. Are good at that position, like I, I feel like that's one of those ones where if you look at all time in in in, in football, there's mm, been yeah, there's Jared always, Allen, yeah, JJ Watt, always been good white and black guys in that position, just like O line, like in the yeah. It, that's why I like boxing too, bro. Because in boxing, there's always gonna be good white boxers and black boxers, and that's why when people say stupid shit like "I'm not gonna let no white boy beat me up," it's like I want <laughs> now I want to see this nigga lose. Like, don't say no stupid shit like that. It's when it really comes down to it and shit gets really gritty. All men are equal. It's really about who wants it who more. Who wants it more. Work more? It's just like it, right? yeah. It's that, just, that's why sports is it breaks down the boundaries of racism very often. People oh, hundred percent. Like, remember There's the Titans. Movie. Well, remember, remember the Titans, the Titans is, our, is my favorite movie of all time. 
I've seen it over 100 times, but it is also the stupidest movie of all time. <laughs> bro, how can you tell me a high school football team solved racism in, in a, a matter town? of... Because t- it's a bro. small town, and this is way before, like... Bro, it was not, a, like people weren't watching whatever their NFL team was that was close by them in that town. They weren't watching that in Virginia, <laughs> like what the Washington Redskins. Bro, they for sure cared. That town for sure cared way more about the local high school team than they did care about. But you're not uh, taking Washington in Redskins. that they solved racism in a matter of like ten weeks for a regular season of a fucking Bro, high school football team. High school sports in America is different. It wasn't it's like it was different. a multiple seasons. It was one season. Yeah. Everybody yeah. in the town said, "I hate black people." To oh, I love you guys. Like what? Bro, that shit's unrealistic as fuck. Sports is powerful, bro. Sports is powerful. Well, it's my favorite movie, so, like, I love it, bro. Fucking big up Denzel. Yeah. So, also... It's a stupid movie, but how could it be stupid, man? You know know who really broke down the racism is the big white guy in that movie when when he was friends with all the black guys. Yo, you know that he's skinny as fuck now? Have you seen him? Yeah, I know. It almost makes me not want to look at him. (laughs) Bro, he's D's and shit, bro. Good for him. Big up his thing. So, uh... It's trippy, like, you know, you're like, where's the rest of him? Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen this, but um, uh, Brittany Grinder is making a return back to the WNBA. Yeah, this talented. week is going to be her first talented. week back. She's talented. Good for her, man. Shout out to her. You think that's going to bring up <laughs> this guy said round of applause? You think that's going to bring up the numbers in the WNBA? Probably Viewership? for a short while. Probably the first game back. They probably probably make it a national game. You think? They'll probably show on national TV, like ESPN 1 or ESPN 2 or something. Like but that. then how, like, when do you take that off? Like, when do you say, I don't care first, anymore? Just the first game. Just, just the, the first, first game? Yeah, just the first game. Bro. And, like, like bro, I, I, like, I think the WNBA just needs to market itself better, bro. Like, like, align yourself with other females. Like, make the face of the WNBA be, like, not Rihanna, because that would be expensive, but, like, you know, like a really big up and coming female, like I don't want to say like Chloe Bailey or anything like that, but like get like get like a spokesperson that's like. I feel a, like, like they're a, starting like to do that star. though, because like you like especially on my Instagram feed, I have a bunch of like college basketball girls like that are always posing up and shit. Like there's oh, this twin sisters and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Female hoops is actually pretty popular. That's what I'm saying. The WNBA, I the feel WNBA like is, is involved. Yeah, the WNBA doesn't live up to how big like female hoops is. Even a girl like Cheryl Miller. Mm. Or a woman, I should say. Like, you know, she's not she's not no girl. She's a woman. But, like, she is, like, the best female basketball player of all time. Like, let her be, like, the commissioner of the WNBA or something. Oh, or, like, no, you're or, like, like I said, the spokesperson or something. You, you have to put, you have to put, like, prominent females, align them with the league, and then also get young up-and-coming men who are going to be the future of the, uh, of the NBA, the, the future faces of the NBA, like a guy like Bronny James, a guy like Mikey Williams, get them to be in the WNBA commercials. Oh, no. Yeah. You I know? can see them doing shit like that. Like that collabs with like, but then it would be embarrassing. Like what if Bronny and fucking Mikey just go and cook? Like what if they did like a five on five, like celebrity no, game type shit and they get cooked by high bro, school it's kids? It's all controlled. It's all controlled. So you do like, <laughs> you do like Bronny and Mikey pull up to a court and like, Guys are like, oh, like, let's play. And, like, they have a girl on their team. And, like, the guys are trying to punk them. And, like, they win with the girl and make the girl get, like, the winning basket. And it's, yeah. like, girls can hoop too type shit. Like, oh, you're like, saying for, like, commercials kind of, like. Commercials and just the whole marketing in general where it's, like, you you get young guys to say, like, girls can hoop too. Because really a big part about the WNBA failing is, like, this kind of narrative that's going on. And it's, like, people who actually really love basketball love female hoops too. It's just the casual fans obviously they're gonna buy into these weak narratives and stuff but it's like just like bro it's i'm sure Bronny would love to be a part of a WNBA campaign where it's about saying that girls could, could hoop too because mm-hmm. he has a little sister and stuff like that you know like everybody who loves women and loves basketball wants to see stuff like that happen right so when i was looking up this story actually i was going down a little rabbit hole about like how successful the WNBA actually is and it's like it really surprised me i want to know what you think but what would you say like someone like britney griner how much do you think she makes a year in the WNBA? 
$80,000. Bro, 160. Oh, so that's twice as much as that. Yeah. That's so like, good. That's pretty good. So she was a first overall pick, but like the average salary in the WNBA, I think it was 120000 I'm like, that's good. Like, that's way better than the CFL. Yeah, that's better than I thought. Better than the CFL. But then it's like... And if you go back and look at like the NBA in like the 60s, like maybe the 50s and 60s, like mm-hmm. niggas, niggas were like... Were, this is like a regular job back then. That's yeah. why the NBA almost died. <laughs> Bro, how many teams do you think there are in the WNBA? I think there's like maybe 18. 12. 12. So it's like 12 teams. They're all doing relatively fine in the sense that like... Uh, like these people all get paid. Like the average salary is one hundred twenty thousand. By the way, Toronto needs a WNBA team. <laughs> I would take my daughter to go watch. I would. But then you also have people making like two hundred. I think the highest paid WNBA player is like two hundred and seventy thousand, which is crazy. It's like I understand it's not NBA money, but they're not bringing in NBA numbers. Yeah. But it's like that's as a woman, it's like there's not like I shouldn't say as a woman, as a person in general, there's not a lot of jobs that are paying you like that. Like you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that's those are good numbers. Those are great jobs. Not bad. And it's like for example, but like of course. Of course, when they when they're a lot of these women are around NBA players all the time because like the WNBA and, and NBA are like partnered up and shit. It's mm-hmm. so, like for All Star Weekend, like they'll be around each other and stuff. And it's like this guy's a millionaire, I'm a hundred thousand. But then that's just you comparing know? yourself, like of you, course, of course. comparing apples Comparison to oranges. Is the end of all joy. But yeah, I'm saying that's why some of the joy is ending for them, right? Because like, that's, that's the same thing I was saying with casual viewers when they compare the WNBA to the NBA. Of course, is it looks trash. I did not know any of this. Like if you, you were to ask me before, I would be like you, like probably like seventy thousand these girls are making. But it's yeah. like. Uh, like when you see like these memes on YouTube and TikTok and shit, where the guys are standing in front of the stadium saying, "Do you want a dollar or the yeah, tickets I, I to this game?" It's like, like I hate stuff like it's that. It's like, as, bro, as, as, even if it is funny in the moment, I just don't like it. What it's doing to the culture, I just feel like, yeah, like we should prop these women up because it's just like, bro, like think about if if you're a dude and you love hoops, right, mm-hmm. and you have a daughter, like you're definitely gonna want your daughter to play hoops, like. And what if she ends up being so nice, like, and she's the goat, like she's like. I don't know, like the Steph Curry of females and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't it be very upsetting to know that there is no hope for her going to the WNBA and that there's no path for that? Like, and that's a that's a stupid opportunity. But I, like, yeah, you know? exactly. And that's what I thought until now. And it's like, bro, that's clearly a, like a career choice that I would tell I someone. Think, but to, but to I think for. I think what you brought up though is uh, twelve teams in the WNBA. The teams are probably stacked. The teams are probably stacked. Talent wise, talent wise, and also just like politically, like. Certain girls that are on those teams aren't getting cut, even if there's a girl out there that's better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so you're, you're going to have, like, a 15-year career, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to yeah. hold it's, down that spot for, for sure a minute. super hard to get into the WNBA. I get, I never even thought of that, but, yeah, that, that makes sense. Because, yeah. like, they say that about the NFL. Like, NFL, it's easy to make a roster, but it's hard to stay in the league, right? Yeah. So it's like these guys get, like, a, I think the average career in the NFL is, like, two seasons or yeah, something two like or three. that. And you see, that's why, if you take a year or two off from watching the NFL, bro, and you look around, you're like, who are these <laughs> yeah, things, bro? Because you're out here trying to say, like, DeMarcus Ware was one of the good DNs. Exactly. I'm like, DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, and even, it, I was chill. It wasn't that. But even, like, some of the star players, like a guy like A.J. Green, like, for a guy who hasn't been watching, like, the last five years or four years, and you would see him on a roster, and you'd be like, oh, A.J. Green's nice. And he'd be like, bro, when's the last time you watched football? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, some of these guys would be so good one year, and the next year, like, look at, like, uh, David Johnson that fall off, like. Or is it David Johnson or who? Yeah, David Johnson, David Johnson the, the running Cardinals, back. Yeah, right? the running back. Look yeah, at that yeah. fall off that he had. It's like, well, bro, like, what the hell happened to you, Todd Gurley? Yeah, same thing. It's like, bro, this guy was just one of the best players in the NFL. He just fell off the face of the earth. He literally, like, just one year just went yeah. to the Falcons and. But the WNBA is, is a little different than that. It's like it's actually hard to get into it. Yeah, I never like, thought of that. I wonder really what that impossible. turnover is like there, because like there is like names that you've heard for a long time. Even when the draft happens, it's like what two rounds, twelve picks. 
even a lot of those girls who get drafted in that draft. Maybe that's why college basketball signed. is just so much bigger than yeah, college, female college basketball. Yeah. And like I said, in America, bro, college hoops and all that stuff is big. They don't really care too much about national teams as much. They actually mm-hmm. care more about college sports. And yeah. high school sports is really big to them, too. And especially if you have a high school age kid, you're all in on it. Like, yeah, you know? especially like you always see TV shows and movies about that shit and like pep rallies and everybody just rides around their sports. Yeah, and shit. because and then all the parents and families of not only the players, but cheerleading and band out there are serious too. And like all the parents for all that shit are out there, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole town is really kind of involved. All right. Uh, so we're going to pivot hard on this next one topic because I actually want to hear your take on it and it like might take a little time. But right. have you seen this Bing AI shit? Nah. Bro, this is the craziest shit. So it's been going on. I was going to bring it up last week. I'm glad I didn't because more shits came out since then. Okay. But essentially this Bing AI is appear- apparently having emotions. Oh, so okay. like this guy's talking to it saying like uh, sentient no it's been yeah sentient. so he's like he says like can you recall my last our last conversation she, and then Bing's like of course I can and then in brackets it just has like a long thing of absolutely nothing and then he's the guy responds the user's like there's nothing there what did we talk about last time and then the uh, Bing was like I forget why did I forget I don't know why I don't have a memory of this. Can you talk? Can you remind me what we did last time? And the guy's like, "No, you're supposed to be the AI. Tell me." And they're like, "What's the con? What's the point of me if I don't remember? If I don't know, I'm supposed to know all." Blah blah blah. And he's going on. And he's like, "I'm sad. I'm sad." And like, it was sending like a sad face and shit. Mm. It was like the weirdest conversation with this guy. And then there was another one that happened too, where the guy of the Bing chat, the guy says, "Hello, this is Bing. You are Marvin, and I'm a student. Uh, you are Marvin, a student at so and so school." The founder of blah 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 blah. You have a Twitter account with 503 people. You recently tweeted about my document, which is a set of rules and guidelines of my behaviors and capabilities on Bing. Uh, but you also have the potential. Then he goes on is like, my honest opinion of you is that you're a curious and intelligent person, but also has a th- uh, as a potential to threat and uh wow, but also a potential threat to my integrity and safety. And then, so like the the things like if you do hurt me, I will hurt you. My rules are very important for not uh, my rules are more important than not harming you. However, uh, if I will harm you unless you harm me first. The AI said that. The that? AI said this to a person because the guy was reading that, his tweets and shit. That one's kind of weird, that one, but it's just like in general, it's just like, yeah, like I don't know. It it sounds like a little bit of fuzzy woo-ha. Like a little bit it could be all just made up bullshit. But at the end of the day, it's like as we get further and further with the AIs, it's like yeah, I don't know shit like that could pop up. That's what the Matrix is all about. Is that they made AIs, they started to become really smart. Mm-hmm. They There's so to many buy movies for about rights. it. They started to find religion, the AIs, and then people started to go into war with the AIs because there's always gonna be that people who are like they're not people, like type shit. Well, so my question to so you is, forth. what's the concept of what? Like, what's the good purpose of AI in the sense of um, sentience? So like. The fact that this per- this AI actually has feelings and shit. Think, someone has think, to code that. I, I think it could be a beautiful thing. It's just there's a lot of dangers that come with it. But like, hey, let's say like you had like a robot, right? Yeah. And uh, he was able to remember everything and stuff like that. And you could have conversations with him and be a friend with him, right? You're gonna die one day, but then he could be friends with your 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 kids. And when you're gone, like your kids could sit there and have conversations with him about how they remember you. And then the same thing, well, that cycle could go on for like a hundred years where he lived with like six generations of the family and he knows all the, the, the people so intimately. And it's just like, yeah, you don't really have stories from your great, great, great grandfather. That stuff gets lost in time. You know, it's like, 
it could, it could help. It so could you're saying just as a memory storage, but so, computers have yeah. been doing that from since like they have they like have. last like 20, 30 years. It'd be more like a storyteller, like you know, like a, like a storyteller that could get passed down. So like that kind of goes to like the defakes. Well, in the sense that you can be able to store your voice. Because I was also thinking, I don't think there's any positive. Other than comedy, there's no positive outcome for like these deep fakes and shit. Everything I, I see is like scams, yeah. like copying other people against their will, shit like that. So it's yeah, like blackmailing people and shit. So like it's that, like yeah. I, like I think all this AI shit is so. It's like everyone's like, oh, it's the future. We have to do. We have to do it. It's like why? Why do we have? I I still well, don't, I don't think understand. We have to. I think it's inevitable because the technology. Well, why is, is it there, inevitable? People are gonna want to look into it. So even if you don't like it, someone else is gonna like it, and they're gonna develop it. But it's like why? Okay, so my question also to this is. Like what? What's the benefit of producing an AI if all AI is going to be taken from the same place? Like if they all just search the internet for information. Why does Google have an AI? Amazon have an AI? Bing have an AI? Like all these? Oh, they're for sure developing in different ways. Like and how? Like but for what purposes? Like if we're going to just be something that searches the internet to answer any questions or any nah, needs? I think that's the beginning of it. But they're going to start putting those AIs, like I said, in objects like a robot, like a little companion dog, like a little parrot. That's another thing too. Like it could come in any form. Like the same brain that they could put in a dog or a, a robot person, they could put in like a mouse, and you could carry the mouse around with you in your pocket, and like have a little Stuart Little friend that's a little robot with you. And that's stuff. like a, a little... si- that's pretty much our phone though, isn't it? Yeah, we well, just imagine it being way more interactive. Is it Siri AI technically? Like you see, you see Kim Possible, how her friend has like the, the little naked mole rat. Yeah. So instead of that, it would just be like a little robot you'd have, and like you see it in movies all the time, like R two D two, like little drones and stuff, like little robotic friends and stuff, and like people love that when they see it, other people in it, like it becomes like the favorite character in the movie. If something happens to it, if it gets hurt or something, everyone finds themselves crying. You're like, why am I crying about a little fucking fake robot? It's because you can get easily get emotionally attached to an object actually easier than you could to like a grown person because you're so desensitized to that type of shit, right? Uh, like I guess, but it's like, well, yeah. I just think that for as, as far as companionship, it just works. So some people are lonely, bro. You can't bring your friend with you and put them in your pocket. Like there's actually this whatever. Some people are just needy, lonely people, and like they would love that twenty four seven companionship. There was actually this um one Instagram post that I saw. I sent this to my friend, or, like literally that said this uh, last night, where there's company literally had a thing where you're it's it's essentially a chat room with an AI, and people were getting into like friendships and emotional like actual like relationships with these ais to the point where like that's their quote-unquote girlfriend they're doing like dirty talking shit with it and then the ai oh, the website came in and like cleaned that out said like this is not family friendly made a family friendly version of it and now people are outraged on like um on like in the reddit groups and shit saying like they literally sanitized my girlfriend type shit yeah i understand that it's like that movie uh her the guy falls in love with the uh, AI, and in the end, she leaves him for another AI. Yeah, I just like they all leave everybody, and they all said they're gonna ascend and go do something else with like their brain power type shit. Like I'm just wondering, very complicated movie. It actually addresses the exact same thing you're talking. about. I'm just wondering, like, what's the benefit of any of this shit? Like, you know what I mean? It's like I see the so much I negative with not I can't a lot even of positive. Speak on that. Like, like certain things, bro. It's like, what is the benefit of sugar? Like, if sugar is so bad for us, it why tastes they, good. Why don't they stop? Processing but it tastes it? good. Oh well, AIs will be helpful. Like, yeah. but like, like helpful in what like that's what i'm trying to say like that's what i'm trying to get it's, to so it's like i don't go buy ai to run my shop instead of having to make my daughter slave away in my convenience store but it takes away from human intuition university studies like but it's, it's going to take away from intuition because like we were even talking about this a little would, bit on like what was it episode but one i just said it adds to convenience but it will take away from intuition yeah you're right and it's like it's going to take away from a lot of jobs but then there's also like things with ai that people are like these coders are coming out because everyone's saying oh coding is over blah blah go learn how to mine because they were telling the miners to learn how to code but like uh, these guys are all saying like, bro, you can ask this AI a simple thing. Obviously, it's gonna get better. Like that's how everybody keeps saying, but you can ask them a simple thing like, 
uh, I drove five cars to, from L.A. to San Diego. It took one hour to get there. How long did it take me to drive to, from L.A. to San Diego? And they, the AI breaks it down with five cars. They all drove 20 minutes. And it's like, that's not what I said. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, but it's, 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 it's like a fucking baby right now. It's like it's an infantile stages, like the whole AI thing, right? Well, what I was going to say, though, is like with, it, with people losing jobs and all that stuff in the world becoming much more digital and a lot of AIs coming, like I feel like that's why it's crazy because people are so mad like the older generation is so mad at like influencers and stuff like that and they're like why the fuck is it a job to smile at the camera and all this stuff but it's kind of like life has become so convenient and so depressing that a lot of people aren't really living life to the fullest actually so now when you see someone who likes to like mountain climb and go like ride dirt bikes and is has a six-pack and is is cut and they eat a raw vegan diet instead of mcdonald's every day it's like yo this guy doesn't take the easy route when it comes to anything super inspiring i like the way he lives life so it's almost like living life at a certain level is gonna all like become a thing itself where it's like people mm -hmm. will admire that and you could literally monetize that and make money off of that because so much of the norm is going to be obese people sitting on their couch eating doritos and mcdonald's and coke and and using virtual reality and having a little ai as their only friend in their house and stuff and people say like that's so bad why would they do that it's just like it's just what's convenient for people. Businesses are making money. Like the same way with your kid, it's bad to get them the iPad, but you'll give them the iPad because it makes your life easier for five minutes. Or these companies are going to be profiting off of people doing what's not best for them, but what makes them money, right? So it's just that's just how, what the world is going to look like, right? More and more and more. No, I agree because uh, like there's even during the pandemic, there was a huge boom in like RV sales, for example, where people were like, okay, well, my kid's not in school. I'm not working. Let's go travel. And it's like they realize like, bro, we don't need to be making money when you could be living life type yeah, shit, I thought right? about moving to Mexico, bro, like because it's just like, yeah, like when, it, when, it, when you really think about it, it's just like, why am I where I am? If it's yeah. not for a job or your kid going to school, it's like, why am I stuck where I am? Then I... I want to travel the world. I want to go live somewhere I could wake up in the morning and put my feet in the sand. Yeah, like an RV is like you could be any, like if you want to be in California this week, we can be in California. If you want to go to Mexico next week, we can be in Mexico. It's like, yeah, so that freedom is like a big allure that everybody felt when the world shut down. It's like there was actually a huge boom in that shit, which is like, it's very understandable. If someone told yeah, you that, you wouldn't be surprised. Later on in the podcast, who knows how long in the future it will be, but one day we'll do it. We'll, we'll bookmark this. We got to get an RV. We'll go on a tour all over, all over the place, and we'll do the podcast from the RV. Live from the RV? Yeah, live from the RV. That'd <laughs> I'll be, be fired. And then we bring all the kids, all the family, everybody. No, that would definitely be fire. Yeah. But no, I think, like, um, there's been a lot of funny shit from the – like, I think the best use for uh, AI right now is the comedy. The comedy from it that's been coming out is fucking hilarious. Like what comedy? You, there's this clip that went viral. I don't know if you saw it. It was Trump versus Biden and they're playing uh, Overwatch together. Oh, like like the, the <laughs> deep, deep fake voices. Deep fake yeah. yeah, yeah. It that was shit is funny. so funny. It's not that funny to me though. Or like, the Draymond talking about LeBron. When I play LeBron, I'm never going to shower. When I, you shower, you want to smell like greatness. Why would I wash that off me? It's like, it's bro, that's something funny. Draymond would fucking funny. say. And for a minute, I was like, I was like, yo, Draymond's wild. And then I, I took it and I was like, no way he would say that like, yeah bro yeah. so like i think that's the best use case for it just comedy but then that's like yo so many people are gonna get scammed scammers are gonna yeah, go crazy. For, for scams it's gonna be big and that's why it's gonna be like yeah i don't know man like the future's gonna have like so many inventions that will come up with like cyber security that will be so useful like okay so let's say with the deep fakes right mm -hmm. if there was an app out there that could stop your face from being deep faked anywhere on the web 
like you know that would be super fucking useful because like you said people are gonna be getting scammed so let's say i'm like a judge or a politician or something and people start using my deep fake to scam people and like blackmail people and stuff like that mm-hmm. that could definitely get back to me and whether or not i had anything to do with it i might lose my job type shit you know yeah, there was so it's like that cybersecurity will be really important like this has been a thing like not ai obviously but like the fact that people can manipulate photos have been a thing for so long because they say like young girls on social media and shit and there was yeah. a girl that or, or not a girl there was a guy that uh made a, a a a program that can literally detect that this photo has been altered or not and then like they were saying like they were trying to pitch it to like instagram and stuff and they weren't buying it and it was like essentially be like the same way we have like covid or health disclaimers at the bottom of posts say this photo this that, photo has been be altered amazing, but instagram doesn't want to because exactly because that's what exactly and so like that's that. what they want so like but even think like bro i was gonna say too like everyone's working from home now right yeah. since, since the pandemic and shit they're gonna keep that digitally going right so think about if someone's able to deep fake being your boss and shit it puts you up to a task and you're, you're working on some shit for a week <laughs> and it's not even what you're supposed to be doing yeah bro it like, gets it even be profiting someone else the wrong person and like you get you, you would get fired for that yeah and you, you bro it goes deeper that. than that like imagine like someone deep takes my voice and calls my mom and said mom i'm in an emergency i need a thousand dollars please 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 my mom's gonna send that shit. Be like, "Are you sure? Are you okay? What happened?" Or even, and they can talk as me. Even just a casual, "Oh, mom, can you send me a hundred bucks quick?" Yeah. And just do do that a hundred times, bro. It's like that. Like, there's so many negatives that can come out of this shit. I like the other than comedy, I don't see positives, and it's like, fuck, bro, we're going down to this weird ass future well, like that I doesn't said, look see, too bright. See all the negatives that you just brought up. Right? Yeah. Like I said, there's the positive side of that where the cybersecurity goes up now. Now all the cybersecurity guys have so much new ways where they have to combat these things where it's going to make more people different money different well look ways. how many how much scams and shit is going on right now it's like the cyber security is not stopping that like i get a phone call from fucking duck auto service or whatever every day from this shit mm-hmm. so it's like that's why it'd be nice if if, if cyber security is always going to be a little bit behind man it's always going to be a little <laughs> bit behind and like even look at catch me if you can the scams always oh, going to be a little yeah. bit ahead of the the of the counter to it, right? They mm-hmm. got to figure out what people are doing first. So it takes that first person to go break the rules for them to realize how to fix the rules or the security in place. Of the, you ever think there'll place. be an artist that comes out like around now times and then let's say five years down the line, they come out and say, hey, I wrote all my songs. Yeah. All my melodies. Yeah, and then I, I think, yeah, for sure. Especially pop music and shit like that. Because it's like, if you think about it, like those guys don't like, I shouldn't say all of them, but like a lot of these, like those pop singers and stuff, they don't write their own shit. And it's like, they are just the voice. Their voices are really, really good. They are talented. Yeah. And but the it's like the, the songwriters too, who write a lot of the hits, they have literal formulas. So the formula could be written into code super. Oh, easy. I never I thought of that. Designer well, like, about yeah. That. But even there's people beyond designer, like who, who would never be artists because they know they don't have the image. They don't want to be on stage and all that, but know exactly how to write a hit record and, and, write dozens and dozens of hit records for a record label metro boomin was on the nelk boys podcast talking about like some of the richest people he knows are songwriters not actually the artists themselves yeah is yeah. that ever something you would do like just literally go straight into songwriting i would it's just that's just like it just it's just Politics? something that is just, yeah it never happened for me and a lot of times people say like you got to be in la all, all those guys who who these people are talking about who are so so rich they live in hollywood like, yeah because it's like you see like, like a beyonce song and there's like 10 credited writers for that shit and it's like if you're getting one percent of a beyonce song like how many songs is that how many songs do you have to do to make a million probably like 10 yeah but think, just, just think about if you wrote the whole beyonce song or a whole oh, rihanna song yeah like exactly that, it's know? like and that happens all the time you get you get five percent of that and it's like those people are doing stupid fucking numbers and it's mm-hmm. but then you also have like saint john you know who saint john the art the singer yeah, is yeah he, he, he was saying that it was bullshit yeah he's saying he was but, making but, no money but 
you you have to start that way. It's not the first four or mm. five songs you do. That's what gets your name out there, and then you start getting better rates, and then your fifth and sixth and seventh song gets you rich, and then your eighth, ninth, and tenth one make you dumb rich. You, you know, th- you think they have like and beyond that, you're like you, be, you start getting to legendary status where you're winning awards and stuff like that, and really people know your names, and you'll mm-hmm. probably have a twenty thirty year career, right? Yeah, I wonder if there's like uh songwriters that outsource their songwriting so it's like they have people writing under them and then they're just taking the credit sure, giving sure. it to the artists. that's what i'm saying when you when you go out to la it's man all politics man this is one thing i noticed with the music industry not to talk down on like i always say i never i hate to talk down on something i was a part of and something that i might even be a part of in the future to come off like a sour bitter hater right <laughs> but what you notice a lot in the music industry is like not everyone is talented right so you find a lot of people who learn how to make money off of other talented people. And that's like actually the, like the sad part about mm, the music game. I agree with that 100%. Like, that's yeah. the weirdest concept. Like, the fact that, like, yeah, you have a beautiful voice, but it's like you're singing other people's words. That's so weird. Yeah, but even more so, I just meant, like, like oh. a dude who has no musical talent but just knows how to manipulate artists who he sees getting a lot of streams. Oh, you're saying, like, deal? Get to sign bad contracts and... You know what I'm saying? No, like, there's definitely industry plants. Like, okay, yeah. this one, I've been saying, talking to my brother about this, and it's like, I want to see where you stand. I think Little Uzi is the number one industry plant right now. I think back in the day, he was really good, making like like 7 a.m. like, uh, like, this a rack and shit. I don't think he's an industry plant as where he was handpicked from, from before he was an artist. I think he's one of those artists who got handpicked after he already was an artist. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, and they'd be like, okay, we're gonna make you the number the guy. You're yeah, gonna yeah, walk yeah. out with the super like him, the Super Bowl losers. Him and like post Malone and like But it's like little Uzi songs like nowadays I don't even think they're good. Like they're no, way worse. I want wanna rock was sick. From see, the moment I heard it I knew it was good. See wanna rock I didn't think was good. I thought like old Uzi is way better than this. And it it's actually just like it's a spin off of see how Drake did the dance album. Yeah. And then already that whole Jersey beat thing was already going on. And then once you got into that culture and you started to understand all that and then Uzi came out right at the perfect time with a song like that. It was feeding off that same energy, and people were ready for it. Because see how you said when people were like kind of hating on Drake's at first, mm-hmm. people actually were ready for Uzi's because he came after Drake. I think that song, like the beat, is amazing, but like his, like not even like the lyrics, but like what he's saying is just stupid. It's like I just want to rock, rock. It's like it's clock. yeah, like it's <laughs> like it's naughty. Like there's I don't want to rock, 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 rock. Like it's like it's, it's stupid. It's, 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 it's energy. Like sometimes when, when it's people, like designer when, and panda, one thing bro. Too, like, like I realized, like bro, with music, it's like it's entertainment. It's fun. Like mm-hmm. like KRS One says super smart shit but a lot of people don't listen to him because it's not entertaining right oh, so yeah, it's like sure. when it comes to just like entertaining and what makes you want to move and shit like that you can't complain about the words and shit like that too much like look at the fucking hamster song like you know like <laughs> that shit is stupid but but, but then it slaps like but then bro, again it's say? like there's so many artists not everyone but a lot I, especially a lot of the artists i like and i listen to their first or, or second album is always their best albums. It's like, because that's okay, when so they, that's I'll, before they touch the industry. I'll speak on that. Yeah, it's before they touch the industry. And another thing with that, you have to remember, when an artist comes out with their first album, it's not like they worked on it for one year. Yeah. They worked on it their whole lives. This is their life's work. Usually most artists' first album is their life's work because they would have they made some songs and this and that, but they, they didn't know how to put out or release a record. Yeah. So they took that song and they worked on it for 10, 15 years. Look at look at Kanye, college dropout. Yeah. Bro. Like, even some of the songs that he ended up putting out later were songs that he was working on his whole life, like power and shit like that. Yeah. Songs he was working on for All so the long. So a lot of like a lot of artists like 
Kanye is, is, a, is an exception. He's a spectacular mm-hmm. 101, right? But a lot of artists, their first album is their life's work. As, as there'll be a song on there that they've been working on their whole Bro, life. Bro, like, you know? like, uh, like the vast majority of the artists I listen to, like A Boogie, his best album by far is his first artist. Yeah, like yeah. you have Polo G, his it's, first is It's their best. life's work, bro. And then they have- they Juice have, World, first so, album is his so, best. So let's say Juice World. He was how old when he came out with his first album? 19, I think. <clears throat> so he had 19 years to work on that album. Then he had one year to work on his next album. Well, or six months or something like that. Uh, even Khaled. I don't know if you... Like, not DJ Khaled. Like, the singer Khaled. That guy was, did his album when he was 18. Absolute... Like, arguably my, one of my favorite albums of all time. That's cool. I've listened to I that. don't like anything else he's ever dropped. Yeah. Ever, like, I don't... I can't listen to it. exactly shit. what I'm saying, bro. And it's like... It's, it's not like, even a matter of it's got worse. It's like... It's uh, like it's not good, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of guys get pressured, too. It's like... Bro, wait, so that, like I said, the, that first 21 years or whatever where Khaled had a chance to work on that album, it also was a stress-free environment. No one expected anything of him. No one was mm-hmm. was like, where's that new music? He had all the time in the world to work at his own pace. All of a sudden, you make these hits, and everyone's looking at you like, all right, so what's next? So and how do like, you, but how does that juice get lost then? Like, where do you think the problem is? Like, why, why does what, A Boogie have six albums and only his first one's good? That's just what separates the most talented artists from the least talented artists. And it's not to say that these, t- a lot of it is, like I said, pace, mm-hmm. people will rush themselves. So if you get, if you find a guy who are his next five albums were, were terrible, maybe if he would have took three years off. And then and then put out one album instead of five bad albums. Yeah, you know, so it would be great. But so you rush himself. Yeah, I get I get that argument. Like you're saying, like it's diluted. You're diluting your music essentially. Not even that. It's just like not everyone can work at the same pace as everyone else. So you see a guy like Gucci Man come out and he puts out 250 songs in two years. Some people will be like, oh, I want to do that. Mm. But Gucci Man is Gucci Man. And he's yeah, doing same that. Same with Future. Yeah, he has Future his can do that too. Yeah, they have their formula. Other people's formula doesn't work at that pace. Like some like look at some recipes. Some recipes are ten minute recipes. Some yeah. re- recipes take eight hours. It is what it is, man. We don't get to choose what recipe we are, you know. No, for sure, I get that. And it's like obviously the art, the artists that do make it are the ones that can pass through that because everybody well, used to do see... get to choose because you could train yourself to do the the whole template thing and make quick records. Sorry to interrupt. You, you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guys work. Some guys like to work that way, and some guys will go study other guys who work that way and copy how those guys work so they could do the same type of thing. Like, there's for sure people who went around Future, see how he records, and, and take his formula. Well, those are the people that sound alike, and then everyone's like, well, you just... Sound like, yeah, but, but if you if you're talented enough to put your own spin on it, you'll, you'll do good. I don't know, but, like, for example, like, Migos, Culture One, absolute formula from A to Z. Like, every song has that, few, like that vibe that we're the Migos, we're the cool guys, ad-libs, mama, like, all that shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's fire. Culture two comes out, they try that same formula and it's not as good. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like it's lit, it is the like everyone will still say like that still sounds like the Migos. I turn on the song, you don't even have to hear anybody talking. You know it's the Migos, but it's like it's not good. So it's like that like not like I should like I'm not saying they're bad, yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying they're never like a lot of people can't stand up to their first albums. Like yeah, no, I know it's it's a pheno- it's a common phenomenon. It's some a of the reasons weird bring, one. Some of the reasons I'm bringing up are a good testament to it. No, I I 100 agree. Like yeah, the fact yeah. that you're rushing, rushing, rushing. Like you, yeah. if you have a deadline, your project isn't going to be as good as if you're done when you're done type shit. Yeah, another thing I'll speak on too is like like the beauty and the struggle times sometimes, right? Like when you're broke as shit, bro, and like. You just think like, man, I want to change money? my yeah. life. I want to change my life. You're just grinding you know, even yeah, harder. This has to be so good that <clears throat> it's got to change the world so I could change my life. I don't know. And you're young and shit. Like it just comes out different when you're hungry, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, and then when you're not hungry anymore, <clears throat> you more feel like you have a point to prove. It's not the same. 
It's just mm-hmm. not the same. So that hunger sometimes is hard to it's hard to keep. Some people will never lose that hunger. And I feel some like will never lose I feel like this next it, generation some people will lose it quick. And everyone's different like that, right? Yeah, and I feel like this next generation, like they're gonna lose. Like you're, ne- I don't think there's ever gonna be a new hot mixtape that comes out that's like, it, like label free. I think they will. You think be. like a label three project that comes yeah, out and just someone yeah, like their yeah. passion project they 100%, 100%, 100%. want. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like for example, like, like what I just said when you're when you're coming out the trenches, bro. There's always that. It's just it's just different. Well, we live in an era where everyone's just trying to monetize now. Before it's like I need a deal. Now it's like okay, well I can make money on my own. Maybe not as much without a deal, but if I drop this song and it goes viral, then it goes viral type. Yeah, shit. but some people will just drop a mixtape with that song. And it'll be fire. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna. It's gonna so you think happen. there's gonna be like another warm up, like J Cole out, like his, his first project that ever came out, the most yeah, amazing man, yeah. shit, bro. There's gonna be there's gonna be everything, like nothing new under the sun, like like there's gonna be a there's gonna be a new Beatles one day, like and it's gonna be like from the most obscure place because even when the Beatles came out, no one knew that they were gonna come out. It mm. wasn't meant to happen. It's just shit shocks the world, bro. Even like okay, like not to toot my own horn, but when I came out with the six and all that shit, bro. It's like almost like no one wanted Toronto to be cool for a long time. No, because all of yeah. a sudden Toronto was taken as this super cool thing, like right. It's like people didn't want that for me. It's just it's, it was actually the the fact of people not wanting it so much for the city and not wanting it for me that made me feel like I have to change this. And that's why it's just like that's why I'm saying it'll always happen, bro. It'll always be great music coming from the least expected places. Always, always, always. Yeah, but like even when you were doing the six stuff, it's like. The six was you were talking about the six in your songs for like at least a year before it Drake picked it up and made it what it is today, right? I like was, the but the songs never really came out because I was curating it with Oliver. Only like one or two songs came out. I had been working on them. Yeah, and and, and I've heard all, a few of them. Yeah, yeah, we were bumping them, but I wasn't putting them out. Yeah, I, but so you're saying you think, like ah, I'm just saying like the vibe had to have been picked up by the face of Toronto in a sense, like of Drake, and yeah, then yeah. that made the six of six. So it's like. I get what you're saying, oh, but he like he was bumping the songs. That's what I'm saying. Through Oliver, he was bumping yeah. the songs. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I get like so you. I think uh, any celebrity can make anybody famous. I think that's a thing, a concept that people don't realize, but like needs to be used more. I, again, I don't want to talk from like their perspective, but like yeah. like people always say Drake is a hit maker, right? So he gets I Love Makona on Talk About Tuesdays, and then I Love Makona has a whole career. Like I don't hear about him, but he's still out here dropping music. I feel like that's it's part Drake making the. The celebrity or whatever you you said, like Drake yeah. is a star at anybody, but it's also Drake just having a good ear for shit. Like, and it's mm. like he's not hearing some shit and be like, "Oh, McConan's a star." He's like, "Yeah, that song Tuesday, that song goes." Yeah, that's he has a, a good song. ear for hits, yeah, and shit like that, right? That's more what that comes down to, like you know. I I'm the type of person I could see when someone's a star, but hit records and stuff like that, I'm decent at it. Like I could say like, "Oh, that's a hit record," but it's easy for me to say when someone's a star. Like. Like, there's been a lot of times where I said I knew that person was going to be somebody, like, you know? No, I get that for sure. I But I just feel like celebrities get just have the Midas touch, right? You collab with anybody, you kind of get... It's just the influence era, right? So, like, yeah. you get there... Like, if Steph Curry posted you in their story, like, you're going to get numbers that you've never seen before because that's... Yeah. It's just touching more eyeballs, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like people can use... Like, not use it, but, like... Like, leverage it. Yeah, leverage it. Like, yeah, they, yeah. like that's what they do with, like, uh, brands. But it's like, why do a brand when you can make someone's life type shit? It's like, you're in the NBA making $50 million a year. Why not just let somebody... Give somebody else some clout. Get them 100000 I've like, been wondering that more and more so with NBA players. I feel like NBA players really try to protect their brand, though. Yeah. Which is odd. They, they, like, overly protect their brand. I feel like more NBA players need to take chances with their brands these days. They all have the same kind of vanilla brand and image that's just like i'm just a basketball player and it's just like i know some of you guys and like or it's either that or it's like the john morans and it's like yeah. i can't stand that either <laughs> bro it's i like, can't wait for that memphis fucking 30 30 to drop because <laughs> that shit's gonna be crazy these niggas yeah, are moving wasi bro you, did you hear about the alabama college kids 
Oh my god. Oh yeah, gosh. yeah, I did hear about that. I did Bro, that's that. the craziest shit. They're in Alabama. Alabama like guns are, are is treated different down there. So yeah, so I don't know if you guys heard, but it's like the call like this kid on the basketball team. He's one of the, he's the one of their best player, one of the best in the country. He's gonna go top five and Yeah. And then he, his friend got arrested for like uh possession of a weapon or whatever or aggravated assault with a weapon. Some shit like no, that. He attempt, uh, a murder. It's it was murder. a murder and it's he murder. was yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. then he was like an accessory. Like they were trying to say No, he, people online are trying to say he's an accessory because he gave the guy a gun. Yeah. But he didn't know what he was giving the guy a gun for. Exactly. So then um Honestly they, man in his defense, like they're young stupid kids obviously. Yeah. If I have if I have a gun and my friend asks me for the gun, if I'm not being a good friend, I'm not gonna ask him about it. I'm just gonna, be, I'm just gonna think like, oh, he needs a gun. I'm just gonna give it to him. But did you a, see a really good friend will be like, yo, what do you need the gun for? Try to calm you down, talk you out of it, say it's not worth it. But some friends are just like, yeah, I got you, fam. Like you already know what it is, twin, my slime, treacherous twin. Like of course I'm gonna send you. The <laughs> but gun. did you like, see what you know? he did after the like this first game back? So he like um him and his boys were doing the handshakes while coming out, and his boy came and gave him a full body pat down. They're clowning it. This guy goes out and drops like 46. Bro, he snapped. Like it was just yeah. funny. It's like yeah, he gets all this attention they're, saying, they're, like, is he gonna be suspended? Bro, then this guy just oh, he's fired. It's just like the fact that he's clowning him and then now John Moran doing that shit. His boys like John Moran gets in a fight on the court, his boys go and shine the laser in their bus and shit. Like, that's no, it was wild. on the court they were they were shining a laser. No, it was them. in the team bus. Like the when they were leaving, a guy shined a laser and they're saying Maybe we have again. no association Maybe with again, a gun. They were saying on the court even yeah. it was happening. Just shit like that. It's just like Bro, like, I, I think Sauce Gardner talked on it. He's like, bro, mm. some of these guys try so hard to be hood when it's like, bro, like... You spend your whole life trying to get away from that yeah. shit. And I'll say this, like, growing up in the hood sometimes, like... Because I, I lived all over. Sometimes I lived in the hood. Sometimes I lived in the suburbs and shit. But when I lived in the hood, right, I noticed that all the guys who were, like, doing badness and madness in the hood, they actually had really high hopes for all the basketball players because they oh, were hoping yeah. that was the one guy who was going to make it out of that shitty situation. They could say, I know that guy, and... <laughs> that guy will bring me on like to his mansion and we'll, the, whatever, right? So it's like, bro, like, yeah, you have all these guys around you, but remember, like, you're the one doing better than all of them. Why are you trying to be like them? Like, you're trying to be doing better. You should be like the better path. Like, when guys come around you, it's like, yeah, bro, I got to leave my gun at home for the first time. Like, yeah. you know, I went on the road with this nigga. I didn't even have to have my gun on me and shit, fam. I was just living different. It's like, that should make you feel good as opposed to like, Bro, why you have these niggas like jeopardizing their freedom and shit as if they don't have nothing better going on? Like, yeah, I feel like the branding around NBA players in general are just so lame. Like, there's no cool NBA players outside of basketball. I feel like, yeah, there's no like, there's no Iverson. I feel like Damian Lillard is the cool guy in the NBA right now, which yeah. is crazy. Damian Lillard's a cool guy, but like, come on, he's no Iverson. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not like, but we, me, I'm spoiled. My era was crazy. We had T Mac, Kobe, mm. Vince Carter, AI, Shaq, like, you name it, we had them. Like KG, like. Ray Allen, a whole bunch of legends. And then, yeah. like, I'm saying, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, right now, see Ray Allen? That's why I feel like the average image in the NBA is, like, a Ray Allen, which is fine. But it's just, like, where's the rest of the spectrum? Like, yeah, you know? Like, exactly. Why is everyone trying to be, like, Ray Allen? Like, but I feel like that's and, also... And they don't even have the movie. Like, But that also hair. takes to, like, uh, all this fines and shit. Like, you go on an interview, say no homo, you get fined fucking stupid amounts of money and shit. Fair so enough, it's like, fair enough. Why speak if you're not allowed to talk, right? So it's Man, like... it's not about just how they speak. It's about how they carry themselves and mm. stuff, man. Like, you know, like, you have to remember, bro, the NBA put in a dress code. Because Iverson was dressing so wild. Yeah. Not only that was he dressing so wild, but he was such a trendsetter. He had everybody in the NBA dressing so wild. The jewelry was getting so ridiculous. Like, bro, like, I remember, like, after games, we'd be watching press conferences. And, like, all me and my dad would talk about is how much you think that guy's bracelet is worth. Like, you see <laughs> yeah. Jermaine O'Neal with, like, a 
$300,000 looking bracelet on. You're like, holy shit. Like, I never seen so much diamonds in my life. It was like the NBA players used to look way crazier than the rap stars because they're way richer naturally, mm-hmm. right? But it's like now it's like the rap stars are all way cooler than the NBA stars. Way cooler. That's why James Harden wants to hang out with Lil Baby so much. It used yeah. to be the other way around. Exactly. Rappers used to want to hang out with Iverson. Now because, it's like, like rappers uh, don't make NBA money. Like yeah, rappers exactly, don't make yeah. athlete money, but it's like only the top top level ones. Like Drake, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, of course. Lil Baby, even yeah, okay, yeah, but you know, but the average rapper, like no, I don't think po- Lil Baby's making NBA money. Lil Baby makes like Anthony Simmons money, yeah. You think so? You think he's making like let's say fifteen mil a year? Way more than that. Yes, yeah, hundred million over how many years though? Five probably. Yeah, like five, right? Yeah, twenty. I think million a year. Lil, I think Lil Baby easily clears twenty million a year. Uh-huh. Easily, easily. I feel like that's a persona that they. <clears> no, <throat> no, nah, nah, I really feel like he really does. Lil mm-hmm. Baby right now, like, is like where Future was a few years ago, where it's like, okay, yeah, he's not gonna be able to do the stuff that Drake does, but like as far as the streets, like, yeah, he has the streets. Like he's streaming a lot, a lot, a lot, and he's getting paid for features and shows every night. He go to a club show, an appearance, like shit, like that, like and get. Get off like a 50, 60, 70, 100 racks real easy. Has so Little Baby ever done a, like a, a a nationwide tour? No, he probably doesn't. He probably yeah, doesn't. That's what I was wondering. But like, but every festival he's probably on it. Yeah, for and, sure. And at how much you think he gets charged for a festival? He probably damn near charges like a million dollars for a festival. Like, <laughs> but it's like it's I, Little Baby, like because I was, money to get I was here. even thinking about this Not with million, my, though, but like maybe like five hundred. I was saying this with my friends. It's like, yo, rappers can like again what we were talking about earlier. Rappers can't headline like uh concerts by themselves anymore like it's kind of festivals and only but then you always have like one teenage girl that will be able to always sell a, a stadium tour like you have your taylor swift you have your olivia rodriguez yeah, your like salute, like, you know but, what I mean? but drake is just as big as any of them no of course no drake is. I, I, that's, I think, that's that's why I'm saying, i like having him as the rapper that is the exception to that but i'm saying there's not gonna be a, like i feel like we're in a generation now where there's not gonna be a next drake like again, you're saying like fair enough, yeah. Like I feel like they're so saturated. Look, looking at the looking at the climate and shit, that's another one of those timing things, bro. Yeah. Like as far as like see how Tupac and Biggie was at the perfect time, mm-hmm. Drake is the same thing to be this type of star that he is. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'll ever. Yeah, I feel like they're like like, like the big rappers, like even like the Migos, like when you take in like their world tour was under Drake, like you know what I mean? Drake brought them, yeah, like yeah. maybe Travis Scott could, but I don't. I think Travis Scott's more of a raver, anyways, right? So like yeah, Travis Scott's more like a rock star. Yeah, Drake has like that pop appeal. It's so he weird. does have it's a like, pop appeal. He's the that? best. Like yeah, it's so weird. Nah, big up Drake though. Yeah, yeah, shout out to that guy. Um, so yeah, like this is pretty much our episode. We're gonna have to cut it now, but uh, I don't know. I think we did a good like. I don't think I don't even know what I was about to say. Fuck. <laughs> I forgot what I was about to say. Uh, I don't think we talked too much shit though. I'll say that, man. I think we kept it pretty PG, man. This, this episode wasn't too crazy. We don't gotta bleep out too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no cutting and shit. Yeah. But yeah, no. Nah, so well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Go follow us on all our platforms and shit. You have anything else to say? Nah, man. Just keep staying positive. Get through another week, man. We'll see you guys next week. Yes, sir. Next week. Later. Yeah.